Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to the Daily DLP. Today, I'm going to do a little regular season recap on the Detroit Lions season. I always start with the quarterback stuff, so I'm flipping that this time. Let's start with the safeties. Uh, Kirby Joseph has eight interceptions in two seasons. He ended the year with 81 tackles, which put him at the same stats as a sophomore safety as he had as a rookie safety, basically, at least on the counting stats. He played about 50% of his snaps as a free safety, 30% in the box, and 20% in the slot, with the rest kind of just in random spots following things around. Uh, His PFF grade on the season was a 56.8, which is not awesome, but he had a really high run defense and pass rush grade, so he was effective blitzing, and he was a good tackler, uh, but it wasn't so high in coverage. Uh, Coverage being the primary responsibility of a safety, that's why his grade overall was what it was. It definitely passed the eye test, uh, but I I do think that the frustrating consistency with which Kirby did certain things, like collapse from a deep middle zone to one side of the field over the top of a receiver running a shallower out (laughs) uh, with a corner already on that guy, just the consistency of doing things like that kind of led me to think it's probably a coaching point of what they want him to do, or he would not have stayed on the field. The fact that somebody slid into that zone that he left to make a catch quite often really was kind of a, I think that was a scheme mistake more than a Kirby making a mistake thing, or he wouldn't have been on the field. They still had enough healthy guys that they could have taken him off. Uh, so that's Kirby. If he ought to, Melifon Whoop started six games this season, but he was great in the time that he actually played. He ended the year with a career-high two interceptions and 33 tackles. His PFF grade on the year was a whopping 85.6, with a coverage grade over 80 and a pass rush grade over 90. Blitzing, if he was spectacular this year, and there's no counterpoint to that. Uh, he played about half of his snaps at free safety, just under 30% in the box, and about 20% in the slot. That's a theme for the Detroit Lions safeties there. When you're doing draft things this year, they need to be able to do all of that. Uh, if he came on in year three, and it was clear during training camp that he was not the same player he had been in the previous two seasons to anyone with eyes that know what they're looking at. Kirby, if he looks like a solid pair going forward on the back end, but uh, yeah, to the point where like when CJ Gardner-Johnson came back for the last game, there was some question as to whether the Lions were going to play him from uh, various outlets. Speaking of CJ Gardner-Johnson, he played about half his snaps at free safety, 30% in the box, and uh, somewhere between 10 and 15% in the slot. 
Uh, and in week 18, he played more snaps than either of those other two. So if you're confused at all about which of those guys is the best player, according to the coaching staff, it's CJGJ. Uh, on a limited sample size of only three games, he ended the year with a 72.7 from PFF with high 60s against the run, low 70s in coverage. Um, he is the veteran pro who knows exactly what he's doing the vast majority of the time. And yes, he did make some mistakes in his first game back. How could he not? And he wasn't generally a deep safety in New Orleans. So in the first couple games of the season, he also had a couple kind of head scratching errors. Hopefully he figures this out because we're in the playoffs now. Tracy Walker had 59 tackles on the year, three quarterback hits. His pass rush grade was 84.3. That was a thing you noticed immediately when he came into the lineup is the blitz game took off. Uh, his run defense was in the high 60s. But the reason if he ended up getting on the field at all is because Walker's coverage grade was under 60. Just, just under 60, not super far, but it wasn't great. He's likely the best backup safety in the league. <laughs> but he really didn't make an impact while he was on the field. He was just, he wasn't a problem. Like teams were not victimizing Tracy Walker. He'll probably end up starting somewhere again, but he, he wasn't, he didn't make an impact positive or negative. He was just kind of there taking up space, which is not the worst thing for a safety, particularly for like a young rebuilding team. I suspect that's where he's going to end up. But I'm not going to go into all the offseason stuff today. There's plenty of time to discuss all that. Cap it, yada, yada, yada. When the Lions are actually done playing, which they are not. So, bridging the corners and safety is the Lions' spectacular rookie, Brian Branch, who ended the year with three interceptions, 74 tackles, seven of which were for losses. He also had a sack and 13 passes defended. He may have been the fourth Lions draft pick, in the 2023 draft, but he is right at the top of the group in terms of the impact that he had. And there's no shortage of impact from this rookie group. Branch had a 78.1 overall from PFF with a run defense grade in the mid-80s and a coverage grade in the mid-70s. That is a great season from a rookie slot corner. I can't stress enough how hard it is for a rookie to come in and be consistently good in the slot because you were doing things, there's elements of safety play, there's elements of corner play, there's elements of linebacker play that you have to be able to do to be successful as an NFL nickel right now. It's one of the harder gigs in the NFL. And Branch just stepped in and was immediately a high-level, high-impact starter. And I don't think the Lions would be where they are if that hadn't happened. On the outside, Cam Sutton ended the regular season with one pick, seven passes, defended 65 tackles, and I would be lying if I said that was not a little bit disappointing in terms of what the Lions got from Sutton. But I also think that's the nature of free agency. Like, Sutton's PFF grade was 56. His best grade was in run defense, and that's not really what you want to see at a quarter you're paying a bunch of money. But it's his first year in a new system, so I'm not going to talk smack about him too much. But just the 113.9 passer rating allowed has a skeptical eyebrow raised about whether this was a great move in the end. But we'll see. Uh, Kendall Vildor ended the year as the other starter. And uh, in two games, he didn't put up a lot of counting stats, but his PFF grade was a solid 62.3. 
Run D and pass rush were higher. Coverage was lower. That's uh, the disturbing trend of the Detroit Lions corners is that they're all very good against the run and kind of have a few problems against the pass, which is, I'm told, not really what you want in corners necessarily. Uh, Jerry Jacobs, similar array of PFF grades as all these other guys, but kind of to the more extreme, like better against the run, worse in coverage, according to PFF. But he had three picks on the season and started 12 games. Both of those were career highs. And honestly, for an undrafted free agent, like you can't be unhappy with what Jerry Jacobs has done given where he came from. It just is what it is. And that's another thing we'll get to in the offseason coverage where they're still playing games. He could still be a very important part of this team. He's one injury away from playing a lot. Uh, linebacker Derek Barnes had the best season of his career. Started 13 games, notched 82 tackles, five of which were for loss, and added a sack. And the season started looking really bright for him. And it kind of fell off in the middle. It sort of came back around at the end to, to, to be like good, you know. There wasn't a lot of tape on him going into this year in terms of playing defense in the role that he was playing. So teams kind of got some tape. They sort of caught up with what was happening, started kind of victimizing him a little bit. And the like, not a perfect player. There are very few of those. They kind of figured out what they could do against him to put him in conflict and make him not look great. But on the year overall, 62 grade from PFF, higher run defense than coverage. Exactly what anyone who watched those games would expect to see looking at what Derek Barnes did well. Uh, Alex Anzalone, 129 tackles on the year, seven for loss, 12 quarterback hits. Three of those were sacks, but a blitzing Anzalone was the key to the Lions' pass rush scheme all season. He led the group in snaps. He's clearly the leader of the linebacker room. There's absolutely no doubt of that. Probably the leader of the defense. Uh, Jack Campbell ended his season with 95 tackles, two sacks, five tackles for loss, and he only started 12 games. And if you think he needed to be better than that as a rookie because of where he was drafted, I don't respect your opinion on matters of football. Take that for what it's worth. Uh, he wore the dot while Anzalone was injured and was clearly capable of taking that role if Anzalone wasn't already doing such a great job. Run defense grades in the 70s, coverage in the 40s is what PFF saw, and honestly, it's a little hard to argue with that. Uh, Campbell got moved around the defense, and when he wasn't just playing middle linebacker, he had some issues. Like He just never really looked like he knew what he was doing when he wasn't in the position that he naturally plays. He's a guy that gets by on short area quickness and anticipation. And anticipation comes from, like, it is not actually an instinctive thing. Instincts are the biggest myth in the NFL. That is preparation. Anticipation instincts come from familiarity with your job and the tendencies of the opponent. That comes from time. That comes from reps. Jack Campbell needs time. He needs reps. He's going to get those. <laughs> he played well enough that that's not even a question. Uh, on the edge, Aiden Hutchinson took a step forward. There were two kinds of games from Hutch this year. Uh, the first was teams double or 
double and also chipping. So a triple team basically doing that to him to limit him to just pressures because he still got pressures when that was happening. Uh, the second kind of game was when teams decided not to do that for some reason and Hutch racked up sacks in bunches. His stats on the year are ridiculous with career highs in everything. And as a second year player, the fact that he probably has a lot of upside left to develop is a great thing for Lions fans. PFF gave Hutch a 91 on the season. When's the last time a Lion had a PFF grade in the 90s? There's three this year. Aline McNeil had a coming out party in 2023 as well. 13 games played, put up five sacks, 32 tackles, six tackles for loss, 10 quarterback hits. Showed that he is not just a starting level player, but an impact starter with a bright future ahead of him. 88 and a half is where PFF put him, and that absolutely stands up to scrutiny. There were two guys making a difference on this defensive line, game in, game out, all season, and that's the two. Aiden Hutchinson, Alim McNeil. The rest of the guys, they were there. Uh, except John Kaminsky, I want to throw him a shout out too. Uh, 62.1 grade from PFF, which is exactly what you hope for from a guy that isn't super highly paid and has what Dan Campbell called a lot of hard miles over the course of the season. His run defense grades in the 70s, his pass rush grade is in the 50s, and that's basically what Kaminsky is. Like, 36 tackles, two sacks, and playing everywhere from the 3-7 to seven technique as needed is likely, you know, that's probably less production than the Lions would have hoped for, but I think they also made him play inside more than they really wanted to. He's a highly respected locker room guy because he's going to give you what he has every day. And he's more than useful enough for what he costs the team. Not everyone has 10 sacks in them. And someone's got to shove the guard into the tackle to free up Hutch on a stunt. <laughs> or Anzalone on a blitz. Like the commission's the guy who sets up all of those things that we cheer for when we're looking at other guys making plays. Like Derek Barnes' early run success was also right behind John Kaminsky. All those great plays Barnes was making at the beginning of the year. If you think of Kaminsky like the defense is fullback and just treat it accordingly, stats don't matter. He's just there to do a thing. So shout out to John Kaminsky. That's three guys on the Lions D-line who did a great job this year. Uh the offensive line finally lived up to the hype, <laughs> and that's primarily because enough of them were healthy, often enough, that we actually kind of saw what this group together looked like. Like four of the Lions' offensive linemen have PFF grades over 75, with Frank Ragnow at 88.1 and Panesuel at 90.7. That's the second guy who's over 90. Uh, and honestly, having a Pro Bowl rate tackle is awesome. Like, legitimate Pro Bowl, not made to the Pro Bowl, but guy who deserves to be that level of player, possibly even all pro. Like, Sewell is just amazing. Uh, Jonah Jackson kind of had a disappointing year. Uh, the last year of his contract with the Lions. He was playing injured. We don't know the severity, but we do know the PFF graded him in the 50s. And to be perfectly honest, there were games where I absolutely agree with that assessment. But his case in free agency will be an off-season episode. Not happening right now. Um, what is there to say about Sam Laporta that hasn't already been said a hundred times? He owns the Lions tight end records for a rookie to the point that 
like those records he set this year will probably last for decades well beyond his career unless they jump up to like 19 or 20 games uh <laughs> most for like 86 catches 889 yards 10 touchdowns that is just ludicrous production for a rookie tight end because this is basically kind of the equivalent of that nickel you're doing offensive lineman stuff you're doing wide receiver stuff you're also doing fullback stuff because for much of the year the lions didn't really have one of those they leaned on the porter to do a lot of things most first round tight ends finish their rookie season like first round rookie tight ends finish at about 400 yards that's that's what you can expect from a player who was drafted there uh laporta was also a shockingly reliable blocker for a rookie which is that's a thing you can never legitimately expect it's a pleasant surprise when it happens like this kid's a real one and as far as the lions get in the playoffs is likely tied at least in part to how well he recovers and how quickly from his week 18 knee injury if he can't play this week that sucks that sucks a lot <laughs> uh jameer gibbs was only 31 yards behind Bijan Robinson for the rookie rushing lead on 32 fewer carries. His success rate to end the season was a solid 46.7, and his yards per carry ended at 5.2, which is ridiculous. Uh, he ended the season with 1,261 yards from scrimmage, with 945 of those on the ground and 316 in the air. That is a great rookie season for a player who was legitimately splitting snaps in the backfield all year like he wasn't the unquestioned starter and he still put up those numbers david montgomery looks like the best free agent signing in the brad holmes regime how much does the current brain trust on offense at least in chicago suck uh, before this year like before the staff took over i should say uh, Montgomery was a 100-yard rusher with eight touchdowns and another 438 in the air. He ended both of the seasons under the current Chicago coaching staff under 900 yards rushing, while the Bears also ran Justin Fields into the dirt and injuries. This year under Ben Johnson, Monty got back over 1,000 yards rushing and put up 13 touchdowns. Money well spent. Great pickup by Brad Holmes. Amon Rossé Brown. Again, it's 100% being said about St. Brown if there's something to say. 1,500 yards, 10 touchdowns. This is a real wide receiver one, not just a slot guy. You cannot fake that level of production. It can't be done. He is one of the best receivers in the NFL. I guess that's what there is to say about Amon St. Brown. Josh Reynolds started hot and kind of cooled as the year went on. Everybody gets hurt. We don't know unless they start missing practice. What's hurt? <laughs> that's that's kind of what I'm leaning on in terms of the reason why Reynolds produced what he produced when he produced it. Was still second among the Lions wide receivers in yardage with 608 and put up five touchdowns. These showed that with Jared Goff, he is a solid wide receiver three. And that's kind of what we already knew about Josh Reynolds going into this season. Uh, I'm trying not to be negative here. Uh, so I'm not going to talk about Jameson Williams' season. That's a conversation for the offseason. Might be awesome in the future. Hopefully he's awesome in the playoffs. 
Let's go. <laughs> Moving on. Uh, Jared Goff, since I am going to talk about him eventually. 4,575 yards with 30 touchdowns and 12 interceptions. 7.6 yards per attempt. 7.7 adjusted. Higher. Important. TD percentage of 5. Interception percentage of 2. He hit every single one of the you-can't-miss-these-markers-and-be-said-to-have-a-good-season-passing stats that I went over at the beginning of the season when I started doing this. Does Jared Goff benefit from a good running game to work off of and a good offensive line? Obviously, the answer is yes. But if you think every quarterback on an NFL roster is capable of having the season Jared Goff just have or had, <laughs> um, again, you lack a valid opinion. I respect nothing you say about football. Have a great day. Because um, they can't. There are 15 people on the planet who can actually do the job of NFL starting quarterback, and the Lions have one of them. There is absolutely no doubt about that fact in the minds of a rational human being. As a team, the Lions finished third in total offense, second in passing, fourth in rushing, fourth in points. On defense, they were 15th in total defense. Defense, 27th against the pass and 2nd against the run. Pretty clear what needs to be fixed in the offseason, but we'll get there. Um, they were 23rd in points allowed. It's a passing league. That's what's going to happen. Um, the team went 12-5, and five, winning 12 games for the 2nd time in franchise history. The first time since the last time they won a playoff victory. And tomorrow, I'm going to preview the Rams offense. And go over the things the Lions need to accomplish to make Matthew Stafford's winless streak in a playoff game involving the Detroit Lions carry forward. See you tomorrow.